Good morning, friends, and welcome to chapel worship today. We're so glad for all who are joining us in our virtual community, in our in-person community. What a wonderful gift it is that we can worship together. And so we say, with gratitude, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today's worship is focused on poetry and praise. Praise through song, poetry spoken and read. We are going to begin with a gathering hymn, Come and Seek the Ways of Wisdom. We know that God is known by many names in scripture and within theology, and one of those is Sophia, wisdom, the Shekhinah, God's presence dwelling with us, the Holy Spirit. All of these are wrapped in this hymn, Come and Seek the Ways of Wisdom. So let us stand as we sing. As we mentioned before the hymn, God's presence is made known to us in many ways. God's word to us is made known in many ways. There is a Christian spiritual tradition called Lectio Divina in which people meditate on God's word as we hear it read and take it within us and ingest it. The same can be done with poetry. The same can be done with hymn texts. It is called sacred reading. And this is a spiritual practice that we do here at EMU with scripture and outside of scripture that we have done with some of the poetry that you will hear today. So as you hear poems today, as you sing them, as you say them, I invite you to take them in to chew on them, to listen for the words and phrases that grab you, 
and listen for God's spirit speaking to your spirit through these sacred readings. We begin with poetry through hymnody. Darkness is not dark to you, God, is a hymn that we will sing in three pieces today, interspersed between poetry. When we think of poetry, sometimes we think of it being abstract, something that's sometimes hard to grasp, and that's okay. God's word is like that sometimes too. So if things seem dark, incomprehensible, we know that darkness is not dark to God and light will be made known. Let us stand as we sing stanza one. Good morning. Padraig Otoama is a poet, theologian, and conflict mediator. He is the inaugural poet of the On Being Project and the former leader of Corimila, Ireland's oldest peace and reconciliation organization. The following is from a poetic essay titled Oremus in Latin, Let Us Pray. Prayer like poetry, like breath, like our own names, has a fundamental rhythm in our bodies. It changes, it adapts, it varies from the canon. It sings, it swears, it is syncopated by the rhythm underneath the rhythm, the love beneath the love, the rhyme underneath the rhyme, the name beneath the name, the welcome underneath the welcome the prayer beneath the prayer. So let us pick up the stones over which we stumble, friends, and build altars. Let us listen to the sound of breath in our bodies. Let us listen to the sounds of our own voices, of our own names, of our own fears. Let us name the harsh light and soft darkness that surround us. Let's claw ourselves out from the graves we've dug. Let's lick the earth from our fingers. Let us look up and out and around. The world is big and wide and wonderful and wicked, and our lives are murky, magnificent, malleable, and full of meaning. Oremus, let us pray.
I'll be reading a Mary Oliver poem called The Summer Day. This this poem has spoken to me on many occasions under many circumstances. Whether I'm in need of connecting to nature or I'm struggling to pray or need to stop and just be still. This poem's images take me to Mary's meadow where I can regroup. It's here that I remember my worth, what I value and my place in this life. And days like today when our human-made systems seem on a fragile abyss or the worst of human tendencies seem to overshadow the good, I need this reminder. It grounds me in the good around me inviting me to wake up to who I am and what I must do. The Summer Day. Who made the world? Who made the swan, the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean, the one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who is eating sugar out of my hand, who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should have I done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Hey, um, I just wrote this randomly. I never really did a poem before, but I've been inspired by um, the classes that I'm taking, and so I was just randomly journaling one day, and this kind of thought came out of journaling, so um, I'm not an expert. We desire. When we desire God, we search. When we search for God, we find When we find his presence, we begin. When we begin the journey with God, it becomes our spiritual journey. We prepare. When we prepare ourselves to enter into the presence of God, we experience. When we experience that very relational dimension of what it means to have a life in Christ, we decide. When we decide to step forward, God puts his hand out and says, you're welcome here, and you're forgiven, and we receive. When we receive, he says, this is who you are, and he brings, he brings us forward, and he welcomes us, and he forgives us, 
and he bathes us in his power and in his love, and he creates. And he creates in us a clean heart so we can be full of the fruit of the Spirit, and we stand. We stand amazed that we're able to dwell in these earthly bodies, in this broken world, and yet we're ushered. We're ushered into the presence of God in a powerful and healing and wonderful way. God's story, our story. Let us stand as we read poetry in scripture. This is a responsive reading of excerpts of Psalm 104. I will read the light print. We will respond with the bold and the italicized words we will say together. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You set up the earth on its foundations. You make springs gush forth in the valleys, giving drink to every wild animal. You cause the grass to grow for the cattle, and the plants for people to use. You have made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows its time for setting. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Courtney indulged me the privilege of offering two poems. The first is a very simple prayer entitled, and I'll read this in reverse order from in the bulletin. Um, the first is simply a liturgy for the keeping of bees. It's meaningful to me as a beekeeper. Bless these, your creatures. May their honey be plentiful and sweet. May they find in fields of clover and wild bloom 
a bountiful harvest of nectars, that we might gladly share the abundance of their labors, delighting in the sustenance and small pleasures you have provided us through them. Bless these bees, O God, and bless their keepers, for all creatures are yours, bee and keeper alike. Together, may our co-labors resound to your praise and glory. Amen. This next poem um, came to me in my inbox from the website Poem A Day, which I signed up for perhaps a couple years ago. I cannot say that I read every one that comes through. But this title called The Listeners Caught My Eye, and, um, and I gave it a particular attention. Central to the CPE curriculum is listening, and uh, so I paid attention. Um, a commentator, I'll, I'll read that before further comments, but. The Listeners by Walter de la Mare. Is there anybody there? said the traveler, knocking on the moonlit door. And his horse in the silence champed the grasses of the forest's ferny floor. And a bird flew up out of the turret above the traveler's head. And he smote upon the door again a second time. Is there anybody there? he said. But no one descended to the traveler. No head from the leaf-fringed sill leaned over and looked into his gray eyes, where he stood perplexed and still. But only a host of phantom listeners that dwelt in the lone house then stood listening in the quiet of the moonlight. To that voice from the world of men stood thronging the faint moonbeams on the dark stair that goes down to the empty hall, hearkening in an air stirred and shaken by the lonely traveler's call. And he felt in his heart their strangeness, their stillness answering his cry while his horse moved, cropping the dark turf neath the starred and leafy sky. For he suddenly smote the door even louder and lifted his head. Tell them I came and no one answered. That I kept my word, he said. Never the least stir made the listeners, though every word he spake fell echoing through the shadowiness of the still house from the one man left awake. Aye, they heard his foot upon the stirrup and the sound of iron on stone and how the silence surged softly backward when the plunging hoofs were gone.
commentator on this poem reported that time and again de la Mer was called upon to explain what his often called his signature poem was all about. He would reply, every poem, of course, to its last syllable is its meaning. That response reminded me of Frederick Buechner's comment that God doesn't mean to be obscure when we all perceive God that way, but meaning must be ferreted out for the one who hears the voice. The poem had me in turn identifying with the traveler and at times and then the listeners. I can identify with the listeners in their silence and not wanting to engage not responding. It brought to mind the artist's rendering of Jesus, commonly seen when I was a boy, more of standing before a closed door, knocking. I notice that the traveler continues the journey without apparent reproach or despair. And I notice the poem is entitled The Listeners, rather than The Traveler you will notice different things. I will read it again. Is there anybody there, said the traveler, knocking on the moonlit door. And his horse in the silence champed the grasses of the forest's ferny floor. And a bird flew up out of the turret above the traveler's head and he smote upon the door again a second time. Is there anybody there, he said. But no one descended to the traveler. No head from the leaf-fringed sill leaned over and looked into his gray eyes, where he stood perplexed and still. But only a host of phantom listeners that dwelt in the lone house then stood listening in the quiet of the moonlight. To that voice from the world of men stood thronging the faint moonbeams on the dark stair that goes down to the empty hall, hearkening in an air stirred and shaken by the lonely traveler's call. And he felt in his heart their strangeness, their stillness answering his cry while his horse moved, cropping the dark turf, neath the starred and leafy sky. For he suddenly smote on the door even louder and lifted his head. Tell them I came, and no one answered, that I kept my word. Never the least stir made the listeners though every word he spake fell echoing through the shadowiness of the still house from the one man left awake. Aye, they heard his foot upon the stirrup and the sound of iron on stone and how the silence surged softly backward when the plunging hoofs were gone.
I write to know what I think, what I feel, and I jotted down these lines. After a day that I've been wrestling with the concept I heard often, I think, in my childhood, tough love. Have you ever heard that expression, tough love? Um, have you experienced that kind of rock-bottom love? So this is my question. What if instead of love being tough, what if God's love that he offers to us um, and he enables us to offer to others is soft? Go out into the world and be a ball of cotton, as soft as a baby's bottom, the underbelly of a mouse, a bowl of sifted flour. Begin in Jerusalem, standing still as a smooth stone while the people flow all around you. Go on to Judea, dusting its streets with a blanket of fresh snow. Proceed to the world, peeling back your skin to reveal your beating heart. And after all these things shall the end come, the glorious end, where I will descend like a bank of sea fog, my gentle presence always with you. thanks to everyone who contributed a poem, especially to the poets who read their own work. That is a kind of self-revealing that takes courage and strength, and we give thanks for all that you have shared. We have heard God's word in scripture, hymn, and poem. We have sung of darkness. We have sung of light. And in all of our seeking of God, we long for light. Let's stand now as we sing the final hymn, Longing for Light.
The next two weeks, our chapel services will be led by our congregational worship classes. So we know you will want to come and support your friends and your colleagues in this seminary journey in those services. Friends, we have witnessed God's wisdom, sometimes clouded, sometimes bright today. But as we go forth, we seek to be that bright light. And so go into the world carrying God's wisdom and God's presence to all who need a word of peace. Amen.